You're listening to The Imperfect Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Gunderson. This podcast is a series of unedited recordings from my voice journal, exploring ideas from faith and family to vulnerability and self-compassion. I hope that my words will inspire you or summon you love to know that you are enough despite your imperfections and you can find joy in this life. Hello again. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode was originally going to be something of a two-part episode because I realized I had two different recordings that I'd done on the same day, kind of back-to-back. I started recording the one, and then I I kind of signed off on that one, and then two minutes later realized that I'd gotten kind of sidetracked and didn't ever actually get into the material that I was planning to talk about in the first place. So then I jumped in on that. Unfortunately, the first part of that episode, which luckily was only like three and a half minutes long, I accidentally deleted because I'm not very good at using this program yet. I will get better. I have every confidence, but I basically deleted it. (laughs) I was trying to cut the beginning that had a bunch of dead space and I accidentally deleted the whole thing. So the upshot of that introduction segment was that I had gone to work that morning and I didn't have a super busy schedule. And one of my patients who came in was someone that I've been seeing for years and it turns out that they had moved away. So in order to come and see me, she had to drive over an hour to get to me. But she went on and on about how she felt strongly about coming into our office because of just how she thought I did such a great job. And so basically, this was just me expressing gratitude, expressing how important I think it is for us to be able to hear from people that we are doing a good job and also just expressing some compassion for stay-at-home mom and moms and dads who maybe are not hearing that very much. They're putting a lot of effort into their day-to-day business, especially with their kids, and not getting a lot of good feedback. So if you have an opportunity to be that person, to tell someone in your life that they're doing a great job, please do it because I just felt so great after hearing that. It was just a good reminder that that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to brighten people's day. I'm trying to do a good job for them. So to hear that I was actually succeeding was fantastic. What you are actually going to hear in today's episode, and I'm sorry to make this introduction so long because it's actually one of my longer episodes in the first place, but what you're going to hear is largely a more lengthy introduction into the topic of perfectionism. I briefly brought it up in episode two. This goes into it much more at length. So helping to describe what true perfectionism entails going into more depth of things that I've learned from one of my favorite books on perfectionism, talking about how to use what's called incrementalism to get rid of some perfectionist tendencies that can be very self-damaging, and um, also how to use faith to help overcome habits of perfectionism that are getting in our way and perhaps making us miserable. So enjoy. I totally cut off that recording prematurely. I got sidetracked and forgot why I had even started the recording. So with one of these patients, 
not only did she do a really nice job of making me feel appreciated, but because today was not a super busy day, I was able to take some extra time to chat with her. And I can't remember how it even came up. I think she basically just brought up all the change that she saw going on with my office. And she was essentially congratulating me for the growth of my office. And since I've known her for a few years and felt comfortable with her, I mean, honestly, I I talk too much. So I probably would have said this to almost anybody who asked or who even who didn't ask. But I ended up kind of getting into a little bit more detail about what it's been like for me to go through all these changes. And I talked to her about the fact that I am a recovering perfectionist. I, I don't think I called it that. I, th- I think I said I have perfectionist tendencies, but I, I qualified that that I would consider my perfectionism to be maladaptive perfectionism or pathological perfectionism is probably the term that I use more frequently. And she, she quickly jumped in to say, well, yeah, but those are the qualities that make you good as a doctor, right? And, and that is such a common misconception in our society. I just feel like if I could, if I could figure out a way to support my family the way that I do now, but also spend a significant amount of my time trying to educate the world about pathological perfectionism, I would love to do that because I just feel like this is such a misunderstood condition. I think most people, if you really got into a conversation with them about perfectionism, they would absolutely believe that perfectionists, like perfectionism is a good thing. Perfectionism is a positive quality. Perfectionism is what allows people to get good grades and succeed in life. And I think the term perfectionism is almost used simultaneously or simultaneously synonymously with the term detail oriented or the term uh you know striving for excellence i think those are the positive side of perfectionism but people don't recognize that there's a dark side to perfectionism what it truly means to be a perfectionist and and by the way lest you think that i'm sitting up here on my high horse telling everybody how dumb they are for not knowing what true perfectionism is i didn't know what true perfectionism was what perfectionism really meant until i happened to run across a book a couple of years ago called The Pursuit of Perfect. And I don't have the author's name in front of me right now. As always, I'm driving, so I can't look that up. But it's called The Pursuit of Perfect. 
And the reason that I came across this book in the first place was a little bit of a fluke, but not. I don't necessarily believe in coincidences. I do believe that things happen for a reason. And I do believe that I was probably guided to this book because I needed it, because I was really floundering under the weight of perfectionism. And the, the way that I sort of accidentally came across this book was I'd just been really having a tough time and really struggling in life in general. And I kind of made this connection that I felt was pretty significant and profound. And this connection was that I felt like almost all of my sadness and frustration and anxiety in life stemmed from unmet expectations. That I was somehow creating, setting these expectations, and then they were not being met. And so I just thought, well, okay, that seems pretty simple then. All I have to do is learn how to live life without expectations. I need to stop setting these expectations so that I don't have anything to disappoint me, right? And so I, I went to Google and typed in something to the effect of removing expectations or life without expectations, something like that. I, I did a Google search just trying to figure out if there were resources, if there was research, if there was an expert out there who knew how to talk about removing expectations from life. And spoiler alert, I didn't necessarily find that. It turns out that maybe you don't actually want to completely remove all expectations from your life. But thankfully, that web search did end up pointing me towards this book, The Pursuit of Perfect and man, I got to tell you, if you feel like you have any perfectionist tendencies, and especially if you feel like those tendencies weigh you down and give you anxiety or make it hard for you to cope with life, please read this book. And as you read this book, I need you to understand that the author does a scary good job of explaining everything that was going on inside of my head for the past 30 some odd years. It was seriously like looking in a mirror if that mirror could tell me everything that was going on inside my head. He was explaining every thought process that I had built up and uh, yeah, it was, it was scary how accurate that book was to me and my life and my brain. So if you read that book, you are learning a lot about me as a human being and we should be best friends after you read that book. And the major takeaways from that book were first that perfectionists tend to live with an all or nothing attitude. 
sort of 0% or 100% attitude, meaning if I set a goal, if I have something that I'm working toward and it does not turn out 100% the way that I had planned or hoped that it would, that venture, I, I then view that venture as an absolute failure, 100% failure, 0% success. Even if my efforts got me 80% of where I wanted to be, I still view it as a 0% success. So essentially, everything has to be perfect, has to work out perfectly all the time for me to feel okay about life. And for those of you who do not have perfectionist tendencies, that probably sounds ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. It's He makes the point in the book that pathological perfectionists are, their expectations literally defy the laws of physics. It is impossible for their expectations to be met all the time. And unfortunately, any time that they are not met, they will be devastated. That will be devastating to them. So I lived essentially my whole life with these unrealistic, impossible expectations. And so most of the time through effort and skill, and I've been blessed with a lot of talents and gifts that allowed me to kind of white knuckle my way through life and be successful a high enough percentage of the time that I wasn't just completely devastated all the time, but it was a very stressful, very anxious way for me to live life. And yes, and and this is where the confusion comes in. Yes, I do believe that that perfectionism led to a lot of the success that I've had in my life, because if I hadn't gotten all A's, I would have been devastated. If I didn't get into the schools that I got into, and got the grades I wanted to there, I would have been devastated, right? So I pushed myself hard enough to make sure I succeeded in those areas because essentially my life was on the line, right? My complete sense of self, my psyche, my sense of self-worth, they were all on the line. It was a very high stakes game that I was playing. And so I wasn't willing to fail. I, I, I could not accept failure. But that is not to say that there that I could not have achieved the same level of success in a much healthier way. I believe I absolutely could and would have if I had those skills. I don't think you have to be a pathological perfectionist in order to achieve, all right? And so the first takeaway from that book was to be able to, I, I believe in the book he calls it incrementalism. I, I need to buy the book. I listened to it. I had it on audiobook and I listened to it probably three times in a row, but I need to buy a physical copy of the book so I can make notes and have that as a permanent reference. But I believe he calls it, instead of perfectionism, incrementalism with the idea being that instead of viewing the world through this all or nothing lens, 
where everything, it, you know, essentially it's a pass fail. It's like either it was a complete success or a complete failure. You need to be able to recognize those incremental improvements and those incremental successes. So if I set this goal and I didn't quite reach the goal, but through my efforts, I was able to improve or advance much further than when I'd started, that's an obvious win. And I think most people can recognize that. Hopefully, as I say that out loud, the vast majority of you listening to this will hear that and say, well, obviously, yes, that's a win. But this this was learned behavior for me, right? This This was not obvious to me. And I think when I started, if you would have, even if, if I would have heard those words out loud, I think I would have looked at the situation and said, no, that's not a win. I didn't achieve my goal. So that's a loss, right? I spent, I have spent so much of my life avoiding goal setting because in my mind, your goal and your expectation was the same thing. My expectation when I set a goal was that I would achieve the goal. So if I set the goal and didn't achieve the goal, I was devastated. And what I learned from this book, I think this is probably point number two that I took away from this book was goals and expectations are different. And generally your your goal is going to be set a little bit higher than your expectation. You will depending on the task, right? There are probably some tasks that are easy enough that your expectation is, yes, I should be able to be perfect in this task. But at the end of the day, you still have the expectation that, yes, I am a fallible human being and I am capable of making a mistake and that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. And so the occasional mistake, even on a simple task, is excusable. That does not make me a terrible human being. That just makes me a human being, right? So depending on the task, the delta, the difference between your goal and your expectation might be a large difference or it might be a very small difference or or they might be essentially the same thing. But for many activities, your goal will be higher than your expectation. And so that goal will drive you to do the very best you can, but then your expectation will allow you to live with yourself if you don't succeed. And that was a mind-altering proposition for me when I heard that in the book. I had no idea that you could set a goal but hold a different expectation than the goal. And that is just such a huge key to incrementalism is that you have to be able to live with yourself if you don't reach your goals. You have to be able to forgive yourself for not meeting the goal and you have to be able to accept the improvement and the success for what it is instead of viewing it as a failure because you didn't meet the goal. And it's still a process. I'm, I still absolutely call myself a recovering perfectionist. And I probably always will. I don't know. Maybe if I 
work on this for long enough, it will just become second nature and maybe I can completely root out the perfectionism for myself. I do believe in the atoning power, the, the, the power of, of Jesus Christ's atonement. He suffered for our sins and our imperfections. And I absolutely believe in the changing power of that atonement in order to help us to overcome our weaknesses and overcome things in our lives that are frustrating and that are holding us back from growth and that are holding us back from happiness and joy. I believe in a loving Heavenly Father. Uh, God, our Heavenly Father, loves us perfectly and wants us to be happy. That is his goal is for us to be happy and his commandments, everything that we receive in the scriptures, from prophets, it's all just the the blueprint, the roadmap to happiness. He's really just trying to help us to be happy and to pr- grow and progress and be able to return to him. And um, that is the God that I believe in. And... Uh, So I'm on this I'm on this path. I'm recovering from my perfectionism. I'm trying to live an incrementalist life and recognize the small victories as well as the large and to have compassion for myself uh, and my imperfect nature. And I think I'm in a lot better place than I was two years ago. I think my wife would agree. Uh, as I've expressed in other recordings here, there are certain aspects of my life that I, I don't see the progress as well. But this is one aspect that I really do feel like I can see the progress and I'm super grateful for. And um, it does definitely help to decrease my anxiety to to not feel like everything's an all or nothing proposition. I mean, imagine if everywhere you had to walk all day, every day, we're on a tightrope and one little slip means that you're going to fall off the tightrope and die. I mean, that's essentially how I was living my life. It's like, I need everything to be perfect all the time, or I am just going to completely lose it and be dead inside. My day's going to be ruined. That's uh, that's a high bar to set and a very unrealistic way to live life and a much more volatile way to live life as you can ask my wife I definitely I'm sure it was a lot harder to live with back then hopefully I'm a lot easier to live with now anyhow I am just a a minute away from picking up my kids so I'm going to sign off Thanks for listening to the Imperfect Podcast. If you think of someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Until next time, I wish you peace and joy.